Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Future Is Now podcast. I am your host, Spencer Nakamura. I'm so glad you guys are joining us on another episode. Um, today, we're going to be talking about all about how to love your neighbor and what that means. You know, as a Christian leader, you got to understand everything that you do is going to be a matter of influence. You're always influencing somebody. Um, and so because of that, we have to understand what it means to really love your neighbor. What does scripture say about it? How do we do it effectively and practically? Because in the end, that's going to produce the best outcome in terms of success, in terms of fulfillment, in terms of the Great Commission, in terms of everything that God has called us to do, we have to be able to love effectively. So I'm excited for this episode. I hope you're excited. Before we start, make sure that you guys, if you haven't, you can leave a written review for this podcast. I push it and push it because um, that is the way that we get this podcast out there. That is the way that we get this podcast to the public, to the world, to the top charts. And so make sure that you're not only just sharing, but you're also leaving a written review. Also, um, I'm going to be starting a group that's going to be awesome. It's going to be an accountability, empowerment, encouraging group for people that are wanting to either start a brand, start a business, get clarity on their purpose. And so we'll leave it in the show notes, but SN Leadership. Dot com. Make sure that you reach out, you email us to be a part of that list. We're going to cap it at a certain amount of members, so make sure that you jump onto that. But besides that, I'm really excited for today's episode. Um, we're going to be talking all about, it's going to be pretty uh, scripturally heavy, some par- parts of it, so gear up. But besides that, I hope that by the end of today, by the end of the episode, we have a clear picture on how we can love ourselves, love our neighbors, and because of that, go into the world and become a better Christian leader because of it. With all that said, we're going to jump into it. Get your note-taking devices out, get excited, and let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Future Is Now podcast, where you can discover your calling, live with passion and purpose, and learn how to be the leader of the future. We all have a voice that people need to hear, and it's time to get the confidence to use our gifts to better the world. If you're here to grow in the things of God and develop a healthy mindset, you are in the right place. I'm so glad that you're here. So let's get excited about today's episode. Awesome. Well, let's jump into this. Let's talk about loving your neighbor. You know, this is a topic that honestly I was thinking about um, a lot just because I've just seen such a crazy division when it comes to the body of Christ, when it comes to the church, when it comes to Christians. We're all just fighting each other. It doesn't make any sense. Like, we got so many issues in the world going on right now um, in the Middle East, even in our country. Big, big topics that we should be concerned about. But instead, we're, we're squabbling like 12-year-olds. And so I just thought it would be helpful to come on here and just talk about loving your neighbor effectively, what it means to love one another as a Christian, what it means to love the world if somebody doesn't think the same way as you, what it means to love people that have a different opinion about issues. And so you know, we're just going to d- jump in and talk about this aspect of loving somebody else. The world can need more love. I mean, everybody knows that. It can need more love. Like, we need love in this world, people. So we're going to jump in. Um, I'm going to read off a couple of scriptures for you guys just so we can get an understanding of what we're looking at. So Mark 12, verse 30. Mark 12, 30 through 31. You know, this is where we're going to be landing because this is a time where the scribes um, and the Pharisees, the teachers of the day, they came to Jesus and they, they always came to Jesus trying to trap him, but Jesus was like the ultimate, I feel like he was the ultimate magician, right? Where he would just literally take a trap and he would lay his own trap or he would own them every single time in conversation. It's awesome. So in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, 
the scribes ask Jesus, hey, what is the most important commandment? In the Old Testament, there was a commandment for the people, 10 commandments, and they're asking which one is more important. So Jesus replies in chapter 12, verse 30, he says, well, the first, you know, love the Lord with your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. That is the most important, which is understandable. And he says, the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. He says, those are the two most important verses. And so when we look at those, it's important to understand, okay, if that's what Jesus is telling us, that's what we got to prioritize. But it's also important to understand because some people have a different miscon- they have a different understanding of what love even is. What is love? How do we love? Some people say, no, I, do, I did this action in love. When re- in reality, it's like, no, you're just a big jerk. So it's like, how can we effectively love people if we don't even understand what love actually is. So the reason I bring up Mark chapter 12, verse 30, is because it gives us a picture of the proper form, the proper application of love. Because it goes, love your neighbor as yourself, but that is only after love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, strength. So we have to understand that loving other people in its true form only comes as an aftermath of loving God. Loving other people only comes on the basis of loving God first. Okay, well, how do we love God? What does loving God look like? Well, I love also what Jesus said in John chapter 14. He said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. So this is where it gets tricky because a lot of people on social media, a lot of people on TikTok, I mean, specifically TikTok, they're like being jerks on social media or Facebook. I mean, Facebook's a big one, obviously, They're being jerks on Facebook. They're being jerks on TikTok. And they're like, nah, it's all in love. Oh, it's all in love. No, it's it's tough love. You know, I just heard a message from my good friend Phil this past weekend at the church, Motion Church that I go to. And he was talking about the, the, the difference between truth and love, right? You can say something that's correct, but you can also say it in a way that's being a jerk, right? So you have to understand that, okay, John 14, if you love me, you will obey my commands. So we have to understand the commands that Jesus gives us to love one another. And when it comes to loving your neighbor, I think it's important to model it after what Jesus did. I mean, he did everything the best, honestly. He was the best at everything. So let's look at exactly what he did. I look at, for example, John chapter 8, the woman caught in adultery, right? She was in the wrong, obviously. She was in adultery. But what happened is everybody was brought around to accuse her. Jesus, instead of stoning her, like the people said, hey, the law of Moses tells us to stone her. What he does is he kind of tells everybody off. He says, hey, if you're without sin, why don't you cast the first stone? Everybody leaves ashamed. Then in the moment he has with the woman, he kneels down to her, lifts her up and says, hey, look, is anybody here to condemn you? And she says, no, nobody is here to condemn me. And he says, neither do it. Now go, neither do I. Now go and sin no more. You see, you understand the relationship there of there was truth that was spoken, right? There was correction, but it came after the woman knew that Jesus was for her. When there was equity, where there was a relationship, a friendship that was forming a a conversation, maybe not a friendship yet, but just a conversation of, hey, I see you, I care for you. Then he said, go and sin no more, right? I look at um, the story of Zacchaeus. In the story of Zacchaeus, Luke 19, it's crazy because Zacchaeus is this tax guy who's a little shady, doing you know shady deals. 
not the most upright standing citizen. And Jesus comes onto the scene and he sees Zacchaeus and he goes over to him. He's like, hey, get down from the tree because Zacchaeus was in a tree because he was so short. So he couldn't see Jesus in the crowd. Zacchaeus comes down from the tree and Jesus says, hey, I'm going to come to your house. What? So he comes to his house. Then Zacchaeus has a big encounter with God and gives away, you know, gives back more than he took from people and whatever. And so the reason I'm bringing up this is because Jesus always was willing to have the relationship with someone before he brought the truth, the heavy blow, the, hey, this ain't right what you're doing. Because he knew that people sometimes, sometimes have to know that you're for them before they want to hear what you have to say. So as Christians, I feel like sometimes we're really bad at that. Sometimes we're like, here's truth. And then we say it like a jerk. And all of a sudden it's like, but I said it out of love. No, if somebody doesn't feel loved, most likely you're not saying it in love. Like people are, are intuitive. People are not stupid. And I love this verse. It comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And it basically is saying, you know, if I speak in, t- in the tongue of the angels, but I lack love, I am like a clanging symbol. Have you ever seen a post of a Christian and you're like, man, you're annoying. You're like a freaking clanging symbol, banging a drum, get out of my face. You know, that's just because we're, we're, we're missing the mark when it comes to how to love each other. So it's like, Start with love, start with including people, start with letting people know that you're for them, getting to know their story, then eventually what you'll do is A, you'll live truth, but you'll able to be able to speak truth in a way that they can discern it. Because sometimes people's ears are just shut from the public when they don't know you. Listen, if I'm at the grocery store and you come up and you start talking to me, you know how much relational equity you have with me? Nada. Zero. Which means you could, te- you could say whatever you wanted and most likely I'm not really going to believe in you, right? It's like, um, let's say somebody comes up to me and, in the grocery store and they're like, hey, I got this business opportunity for you. Obviously, I'm probably not going to listen to you because I don't know you. I don't know what your motives are. So I'm not going to listen to this. I mean, I might listen, but I'm not going to do anything versus my best friend comes to me. He's like, hey, bro, I have this business opportunity. Well, hey, that's exciting. That's opportunity. I trust you. I believe in you. I know that you believe in me. So therefore, I'm willing to hear what you have to say. If somebody isn't willing to hear what you have to say, it's not their fault most of the time. It's our fault. It means we're not packaging what we're saying in a way that is receptive. So we just got to understand when it comes to loving our neighbor, yes, stand for truth. Yes, stand for what you believe in, but all the while, make sure that you are communicating in a way that people can receive it. This is, this is like a faith thing, obviously, but this could, be, this could be attributed to any walk of your life of how are you communicating to people around you? You know, I feel like there is such a great opportunity when there is difference. When there's not difference, you know, a lot of, not a lot of people care about the church. When nothing's going on, people go to church, they, you know, they go home, they're in small groups, whatever, church is growing. Nobody really cares. But have you noticed this past couple of years that a lot of the attention has been on the church now? It's because when there is a season of hardship or difficulty or difference, the world turns its eyes and turns its gaze towards the church. 
And what happens is we have a prime opportunity to live in a way unified where we can preach the gospel and people can look at our ministries and be like, wow, that's amazing. But instead, we are not loving our neighbor correctly to where it's not attractive to be a part of it. Stand for truth, but you also got to stand for love. So here's a, some practical things that we can do to figure out, am I loving my neighbor correctly? Number one. All right, if you're writing this down, just write it down. Number one, think about how many heated arguments you get in a day. Think about it. If you get in too many heated arguments in a day, and by too many, I mean, you probably shouldn't be getting into more than, I mean, even one, right? Like if you're at least getting into one huge argument a day, that means that you are willing to fall on too many swords, okay? So returning a little bit from um, scripture here to practical application. Okay. How to, how to lead in love. Let's say that you're falling on too many swords. If you're arguing with everybody every day, have principles, have core values that you are willing to fall on doctrinally with scripture. I know my core values that I'm willing to fall on the sword that I'm willing to fall on. If you don't think that it's okay to wear or have tattoos, that is not a sword I'm willing to fall on. Okay, whatever. We can have an argument about it, but I'm not going to get in this heated debate and be like, you're wrong. You're so wrong about it. I really could care less. Couldn't care less. Um, now, if you are arguing me the doctrine of the Trinity, Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, uh, that I have more of an issue with. That is a sword I will fall on. And then in my life, there are swords I'm willing to fall on and there are swords that I'm not willing to fall on. But if you're arguing with people, maybe it's not, the fact that you're just trying to preach truth and people aren't receptive to it. Maybe it's because you're just a little bit too sensitive and you're falling on too many swords. Because love sometimes requires you to deny yourself and to look at something from a different perspective. So that's the one thing that you can do. How many heated arguments are you getting in? Because if you're getting in way too many heated arguments, most likely you're not doing a good job of loving the people around you. And number two, in order to take inventory on how to lead in love, here's a thought. How many people are excited about what you're doing? Now, don't hear something that's contrary to what I'm saying. Of course, you're always going to have opponents, you know, if you're doing anything meaningful, most likely you're always going to have opponents. What I'm talking about is how many people, close friends around you, um, people that are for you are so excited about what you're doing. People will always be excited about things that are producing something awesome, whether that be not just, I'm not talking like money wise, I'm talking like impact wise towards people. Like if you're impacting people in a positive way, if you're bringing love into the way that you're leading, people will always want to be a part of it. So take inventory. Are, do people want to be a part of what I'm leading? If their answer is no, then maybe you should look at the motive of why you're doing what you're doing. Or maybe you should look at, hey, am I making a space? Am I leading in love with the people around me? So um, those are two just really easy things that you can do off the bat. But it, it's a process. It really is. It's a process um, because how many of you look on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or whatever it may be, I do it every single day and I see something and I'm like, you're an idiot. Or I look at something and I'm like, how could you possibly think that? Uh, but it takes time to humble ourselves, to understand that there are things that matter more and to unify together in a way that brings 
us to a place where we can lead in love because that's the heart of it. Man, love God and love people. If we're missing out on loving people, that is not, not, not what God designed for us to do. So today, how are you loving your neighbor? Ask yourself it. Take the steps. Be real and honest with yourself because honesty gives way for a clear path forward. So be honest with it. So thank you so much. It's a shorter episode today, um, but take time. You know, our world, our country, our world needs more people that will love our neighbors effectively, love each other. Now, again, if you're if you made it this far in the podcast, thank you for watching. And if you wouldn't mind, leave a review for me. Also, if you made it this far, you are so loyal. If you post listening to my podcast on your story and tag me on Instagram at Spencer Knock, follow me and tag me in your stories, then maybe I'll just give you a free coffee. So um, I love you guys so much. Uh, thank you again for tuning into The Future Is Now. I hope that today you learned how more how to better yourself as a Christian leader how to live with passion and purpose. Make sure you take the steps today to becoming better. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks again.